University Film Festival interview series here on the Media Morgue. Our first chat was with Felix Von Kahn and Fernando Gonzalez Ortiz, director and producer of The Devil on Screen, an absurdist satire about the paranormal origins of social media. Without further ado, here's Wes to take us in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Media Morgue, where movies come to be examined. Uh, today, we have a very, very, very special episode. And uh, the first in our mini series, we'll be interviewing filmmakers about their films that it will be premiering at Cuff 2023. Uh, and, and what is Cuff? Cuff. Please explain. Is, <laughs> is Columbia University's official film festival. This year, we have 43 films that will be premiering, uh, I believe, starting May 13th and ending on May 15th um, Mm. with about seven blocks of films. First, before we even start with the film, let's let's introduce ourselves. I'm Wes. I'm Justin. I'm the devil, and I'm here to (laughs) invent social media. (laughs) <laughs> i'm not even gonna try to follow that i'm zach <laughs> um and our filmmakers uh would you guys say uh your names and the film you're here for uh yes i'm i'm felix and uh i'm here for the film uh, the devil on screen yeah i'm fernando i'm here for the devil on screen which is a biopic about danny <laughs> yes, yes. They had to get life rights involved all throughout the production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it must yeah. have been very stressful to have Satan standing over the monitor mm-hmm. when you were directing Felix. <laughs> My God, um, it was, it was, yeah. But you know, we uh, got away with it to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a good a place as any to uh, ask our first question, which is. Uh, where did this idea come from? It's it's quite a unique idea. Uh, can't say I've ever thought about what you know what a two thousands internet comedy would be like with Satan. Um, so where did that idea come from? Yeah, um, <laughs> if you put it like that, that's that's a very fair question. Um, I honestly, I think for me, this you know, I, I I've always been a very manual person. Um, I just you know, like uh, I I don't have instagram or twitter um these these kinds of things because you know like i uh, i i just never fully connected with that as you can see with my issues with chrome but essentially essentially i think the, the the real idea for it came um during the election cycle actually in 2020 when you would go on on the internet and just you know see negative comments and you know just people you know expressing so much hatred for each other online and uh that was when when i turned to my roommate and said you know social media is kind of the devil and um everything sort of started with that yeah i just came up with with the idea of what it would actually be like if the evil if the the devil was the person who was behind all of it fernando jumped on board because he 
agrees to a certain degree, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, when Felix pitched to me, uh, it was before there was a script, and I would have said yes regardless, but because he's a great friend, but the pitch was great. I'm obsessed with social media. I feel like in the opposite direction of Felix, where if used correctly, it could be like the greatest invention of all time. So I'm like, it's good to have like that dichotomy. Uh, but I know that it's mostly used by the worst people on earth. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cool to have uh, the best tool on earth be used by the worst people on earth. And I, I, I like the pitch. It's uh, it's interesting how you two, you know, well, I, I don't know exactly the breakdown of like the writing and directing and, and production in terms of how all the collaboration came down for the story. But when I, you know, your framing of this as sort of like this, this dare between God and the devil about, um, you know, the quickest way to corrupt humanity is very interesting. Um, something that even does have a little bit of, you know, there are stories like that in the Bible. Um, you know, obviously the book of Job is all about like, you know, this wager, this conversation between mm-hmm. God and Satan that winds up um, having an effect on human life. Yeah, this yeah. is much less depressing than that, thankfully, when <laughs> uh, that story is. But, um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, and I hope I'm not stepping on anyone's question. Uh, when it came to, how, how did you guys, you know, uh, negotiate how you would depict these supernatural aspects of the story? Like from the outset, did you always know that you wanted to kind of couch it in a, um, a more, I guess, almost satirical, satirical way, or was there ever any version of the story where it was like a bit more, serious quote-unquote uh no i don't think it was ever much much more serious to be honest i wanted to make a comedy i feel you know most at home in the comedy space um and and that's what i i felt like i wanted to really get across with um with with my thesis film as well uh so it was more you know like i i really like to approach you know not not serious topics but issues in the world right um mm-hmm. with uh from a uh, humorous standpoint and uh you know like make people react to a, a story or an issue by pointing out its flaws through humor um yeah. and so i i just felt like that there was something inherently funny funny about you know the devil and then also the devil obviously not being a very intimidating version of of the devil right um, but kind of like a, a, a pretty, you know, like average, you know, middle-aged guy who's just, you know, uh, trying to to pull one over uh, on on you know uh, the, the the eternal battle between good and evil, right? Um, mm-hmm. And using us as as uh, as his pawns in that game. Uh, so that was kind of uh, the start um, of of how that came to be, and uh, yeah, it was always supposed to be a comedy. Um, if anything, it was uh, sillier in in earlier drafts, um, and we we kind of pulled it pulled it back uh, <laughs> a little bit yeah. from that. Well, I think the tone like hits kind of the perfect place where, you know, the story exists. And I want to congratulate you on the tone. I I think it's not too goofy. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, Bergman's The Seventh Seal, where like death is playing chess with like the common man and kind of determining the outcome of, 
humanity, but at the same time, like an office space, like late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, <laughs> like Judd Apatow comedy, you know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's got, it's got a unique tone and, and I like how tongue in cheek it is while also being very heartfelt. So I have to congratulate you there. Thanks, Danny. And once again, appreciate all your all your devilish help in the in the setup. So you're you're partly partly responsible for that. Please let me know. Uh, <laughs> give me those PA's numbers, man. I, I gotta start making apologies to people. <laughs> I was real cantankerous on that set, so I'm really sorry. Yeah, fair enough. We'll we'll do after this interview. <laughs> well, one more thing. Um, you said that you're a very manual guy, and I kind of get that from the presentation here uh there was one effect that i brought up to the guys earlier it really kind of uh struck me it's where he's like facetiming with god and then i think another individual who's like in purgatory and is acting like an as an inner a mediator between them yes um, and god is uh for lack of a better description it seems to be like that old like photo booth application that came with like <laughs> some of the early 2000 MacBooks, you know what I mean? And like uh, how you could project an image in the background and then have a subject stand in front of it and their outline was kind of crunchy and stuff. Um, was this like um, a stylistic choice? Like maybe God is a little like tongue in cheek, not taking the whole interaction very seriously or like where did that come from? Because that effect was, was very striking. I mean, so to say that was... God's choice because that was our yeah. actress um, <laughs> coming coming up with that idea for for herself as we started that Zoom setup and uh, uh, she she came in um, in in into casting actually and I was like what do you guys think if we did this in the background and I was like mm -hmm. yeah that's actually really cool because as you said it has that instinct I mean obviously it's not. It's not heaven. It's just you know, like a, a, right, a, right. the the most cliched version of of that. Um, so it kind of just plays into the idea that this entire you know bet, this entire setup is is between two people who you know like don't take it too seriously and you know like are more yeah. concerned with uh, their own little quarrel between each other and us kind of being like the the unfortunate, um, you know, people suffering the consequences from their uh, yeah. eternal battle for, you know, what whatever it is they're actually doing. But yeah, it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, it, it fit very well, um, and so so we went with mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I, I just I thought of that because I mean the whole thesis of this interview seems to be that you're a very manual filmmaker, and the the effects and, and you know makeup and and editing choices here are nothing too fancy but they're kind of they all kind of have this homegrown vibe to them very manual like you said i really like the makeup uh that you put uh the devil in and i just was wondering why like what was the decision to keep him like mostly out of the makeup like if you know what i mean like and like why not leave him in it because it looked you know so good i think it worked either way but i was just curious about that decision yeah, um, you know, I think what I was trying to go for there was essentially to, you know, ground the story in a little bit more to to be because you know at at the very core of it to me it's a story about human connection, right? It's a story mm -hmm. about two outcasts who you know, really don't have a big big outlet. Um, to connect um 
and kind of finding their ways together. And I felt like um, it was easier to do that if we had the devil in a human form. Um, and once again, like the least intimidating uh, kind of, you know, average, uh, you know, a a energy wise uh, mode that you could possibly imagine the devil uh, to be, you know? Uh, so uh, essentially we just wanted to have that, uh, that one boom effect where we're like, okay, so this is actually the devil. You know, mm -hmm. we wanted to make very clear that, you know, this is a supernatural being, um, mm. but at, at, at the core of it, we wanted to, you know, tell a story that was kind of heartfelt and uh, a, a, about these characters connecting. And it felt like um, having him not in his human form would have put maybe dragged it into a little bit more of an absurd tone than would, would have been warranted for that. That makes sense. Fernando, what do you think of that? Because Fernando organized the makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah, Great. yeah I organized uh, the makeup. Uh, Alina Rose, who worked on my previous film, uh, she did the makeup and we were very happy with it. I mean, budget constraints and all we found that made already made was prosthetic that we mm -hmm. really liked the look of. So we ordered a couple of them and the whole time we knew that it was going to be like one scene and as mm -hmm. a producer, sometimes you're like, Oh, we're orchestrating all of this for 30 seconds. Like, of course, it's always a question of shouldn't we show it more? Right, right. But mm -hmm. it was always on the script that it should be like this one instant that just certifies to the audience and to Annie of like, no, he's the real deal. Like, he's not just some crazy person. And we should just have it. And we toyed with when it happened. I think there was a point where we had it during their dinner as more mm -hmm. of a menacing of like, if you do what I say, I could end you, but as as you know now, Toyful and the Devil is more of a like like Philly said it, a very pathetic kind of mm. figure. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it had to be yeah. more at the beginning of like, I just need to prove what I need to prove, and right. let's get it going. I, I'm not here to menace you. Gotcha. Definitely. Where did the decision come from to introduce the Devil in this film? Because he kind of you know, crash lands into the earth. And, and me having no context for what the film was going to be, I thought that it was like mm. an alien thing, like a little mm. ET coming down. So, so, so where did his introduction? You mean, uh, sorry, you mean like where did the, uh, the opening scene essentially originate from? I guess the idea, yeah, to introduce us to him. Yeah, I think, you know, I wanted him to be introduced in a fashion that was supernatural, first of all, that we immediately know something is off with this person. You know, he just gets up, he's naked, and, you know, he's just, like, walking off as if uh, he was just, you know, uh, taking taking a walk on the beach, which he also shouldn't do naked, maybe. But <laughs> And I think what I wanted to achieve was to create an absurd moment where you realize that the devil himself did not even care if it was weird or if it was strange because he was, you know, like in, in his own, in his own world uh, that just doesn't care about humans at all. Um, so, you know, uh, and then obviously also stealing the, the other guy's clothes and, uh, you know, taking, taking the camera away from him. It's just like, it's it's not a, a person that is you know in you know like that wants to do something actively evil, but someone who's just 
doing whatever mm -hmm. they want because they don't have to fear consequences yeah. and don't even have a moral compass that would you you know like make them even think uh, that you know like squishing uh, a human being uh, would be something that they would ever think of right. as, as evil. I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys our closer here on the Media Morgue. We're a double feature podcast, at least um, sometimes more more than that. So we always like to pair films. Uh, what movie would you recommend as a double feature with this? And is it The Social Network? <laughs> <laughs> that cameo was pretty uh, was pretty interesting at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's actually a, a very very solid uh, a choice, and I think you know it. It seems like uh, you know in in many ways uh, the inspiration was obviously coming from 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 the social network. So mm. uh, I I mm. think that's a pretty pretty relevant and accurate uh, description. Um, <laughs> Fernando, do you have a, do you have another one? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have another one. I, 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 the other day I just thought how this short is like the perfect prequel to the social network, but more mm. of as a pairing. Or, uh, I thought of Tenacious D, uh, the peak of destiny of. More ah, of like that's a good one. Sure, two goofy sure. people. Yeah, and like having to go through this the very silly journey yeah. to defeat the devil. In this case, it's more about the mm -hmm. devil joining forces, but there's like some of that yeah. goofiness to it. Right. What what's the gambit at the end? It's like if they lose the rock contest, they their souls go to hell for eternity, and if the devil loses, he has to pay their rent for a month. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like yeah, the, the wager is very silly. I don't remember exactly, but it's also that like the stacks are like the how do you say it in English? Like it's clear that they're gonna lose, and we see it with April playing the devil and Tenacious D. Like they're gonna lose, but yeah. at the end they don't. Uh, and it's kind of the same with humanity here. And in this yeah. case, the devil even turns good, I guess. He's a nice guy. I love that pairing. I yeah. love that pairing. That's, that's, a, that's a really awesome pairing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the devil on screen will premiere on Block D on Saturday, May 13th at 5 p.m. at Lenfest Center. Um, so please, please, please come through. Felix, Fernando, thank you so much for making your film. Thank you so much for making your time to come here. This has been great. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, Thanks, y'all. Thank you all. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Up next, a conversation with the writer-director of Esperance to Fremantle, a coming-of-age story about a young man who travels across Australia to reconnect with his long-lost father. Will, could you, uh, well, you're, I already said your name, but could you say your name in the film you're here for? Yeah, yeah. I am Will Turner, um, debuting William Sebastian Turner, just because there's way too many Will Turners in the world and <laughs> on Google. There's one in particular, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The name is Esperance to Fremantle. My mum pointed out that Esperance in Latin means hope, which I had no idea. It's just a town name, wow. but it was like... I was like, that adds a whole oh, dynamic. To well, Esperanza in Spanish means is hope. Dan was like, oh, means what? What else does it mean? Um, from <laughs> from espera, which is to wait. So wait and hope are often oh, are related. Uh, well, I feel like I, uh, I've, I'm in a special place today because I have not only uh, seen the film, but I've read the script uh, when it was still being drafted up. And uh, you know, I mean, you may have explained this in class, but for the benefits of the viewers and listeners, where did this uh, idea come from? Um, 
got a few origins. Uh, it's a uh, kind of comes from me and my relationship with my father in my teens, and um, this sense of like knowing, like this impossibility of knowing your parent, on, or like or anyone on like in this objective sense, and so. Um, cause I had like a contentious relationship with him when I was younger and now we're in a good place, but he was, uh, he delivers babies and, um, we'd often go out in public and like, as someone who's like struggled with fertility or whatever would come up and be like, Oh, Dr. Turner, I don't know if you remember me, but you're like, you like my hero. You, my, you helped me, uh, have my baby and, um, and kids like your dad is like the best, my favorite person in the world. And I would be like. I really don't like my dad right now. Like we have a really, yeah. really have like go home and have shouting matches and I'm a petulant teenager and mm. I don't agree with you. Mm. <laughs> so um, mm. it was just this like real dissonance between like, that's where it came from. But obviously what the film is, is very different. That's I guess often the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's about, it's also very much about uh, like Australian, like blokey male masculinity um, mm. and like, mm the toxicity that comes from that and like the kind of difficulties because it's such like a universal element of like the Australian male like persona. It's like almost kind of impossible to break out of that. And that's because of that, it leads to like a lot of like queer people I know in Australia had real struggles coming out and like delayed that process a lot. And, and it was just like, it led to like, people just denying their true selves. And um, obviously that leads to like, it has a very insidious nature. So like, yeah, yeah um, I'm rambling, I think. But No, not at all. No, not, not at all. Well, I, I have a question just to ask you, Will, about the, the, you wrote this as well as directed it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's a, it's a lovely script. I think it's really well written. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, I, I think there's like a really distinct, emotional choreography if i can say something so kind of <laughs> uh but i i think like you can really you can you can feel like the the waves of emotion specifically within um you know the the obviously the performance and that's in the text and the subtext of your lead actor uh, who is great both of these men are fantastic <laughs> but he's he's doing a lot um and i'm i'm just curious like as much as you feel like revealing when you were writing the script, what did, what did the script look like in terms of written beats and silences and stuff? Because sometimes when I'm writing something and I, I, I catch myself, I have like five beats per page, you know, like, like five dramatic pauses. And I'm like, is this too much when you're reading it? Cause obviously when you're acting something, you want to find those places to breathe, to pause, to wait. But right. so I'm just curious since there's a lot of that and it, it all feels very natural how much of that was uh, planned? How much of it came to you all while filming? Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm like unique in this or whatever, but I've always like written my dialogue with like, I think it annoyed some actors, honestly, especially because I've got like a very Australian way of writing and I was writing films over in New York for like a few years. But mm -hmm. I've always, like I'm a slow reader. Like when I read, it's like it's like a dialogue in my head. Like I read at the same speed that I speak, and I'm not even a fast speaker. So um, I guess mm. I've just always had this like natural like um, rhythm to like uh, how like voices are coming in my head when I'm writing a story. And like yeah, almost all of those were in there. I was fortunate, especially I don't know which script you guys would have. It's probably that one that was like pre because um, I was in New York until like 
three months before the film. Um, so that was before I'd met any of the actors and stuff. And, but I would be totally remiss to not say like, that was like, as one of my main takeaways from this film was like working with the actors. They were awesome. Like working with the casting director for the first time. Holy, I don't know if I can swear on here, but the holy, like that was epic. Like, no, please let it, let it fly. <laughs> I can mind. swear. Please. Yeah. Please. Like casting directors, uh, they, they they can, they saved my ass. Like I gotta say, um, cause I, I'm, I'm like from Perth. I'm like, I can, I'm like very much a West Australian guy, but I, um, I've never done film. Like I've never done film formally in Australia. I've been like in and out of the country for like eight years. And, um, mm. <laughs> my undergrad was like studying like law stuff. So it's like completely different universe. Right. That's yeah. right. You're a lawyer. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, terrible lawyer. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so in a way you're, I guess what you're saying is like your natural, your own conversational sense and your own like natural pace found its way into the script and informed the characters and how they speak to each other. Definitely. Yeah. Like um, I wanted to sound as authentic as, um, as possible to that place. And that is just a specific vibe. Like I can just picture myself walking into like a Perth pub, like, especially I found like the dodgiest part, like, one of dodgier pubs in the city and like especially walking in alone as a young man it would be so intimidating and just like how that informs like how he's carrying himself how he allows himself to fall into these lies and like how far he's willing to push like this like push this like facade just to like really try and get to that goal of like who the hell is my dad why the fuck did he leave me when i was like yeah. a little kid and yeah um, there's, a, there's a line in here that I found so interesting. I actually rewound it. And um, it was uh, something along the lines of, now you, of course, would know the exact line, uh, but I wish that I could meet my mother without being her son and without her being mm-hmm. my mother and see what other people see. You yeah. know, a, a way of like depersonalizing your relationship to a family member mm-hmm. and thinking like, had... I not had to come up with this person, whether it be a parent, a cousin, a sibling, whatever, like, would we have any kind of relationship at all? Would we want to be around each other? You know? And there's, mm-hmm. there's so many layers to that. I think about my relationships with, with family a lot. And I think there's a lot of like room to dream in this screenplay. Um, by the way, I really love how it doesn't hold your hand. Really. It never outright tells you anything. It's all context clues. It's a very like mature way of like unraveling this story. Um, and it is Oedipus Rex, right? Like you were a little, were you inspired at all by the Greek, uh, the story? Um, maybe it comes with me being a slow reader, but like, because I'm a slow reader, there's not that many things I've read, but I've, did do for like a semester in no 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 no, for like a semester at school we did do Oedipus Rex and I love like maybe because I read slowly I really like when I'm in something I'm like really into it deep into it yeah yeah so um I I remember writing like screaming that even before it got there it was like screaming Oedipus Rex and then it gets to Mm -hmm. that moment by the way great moment really really great yeah Uh, yeah so yeah tough one threading the needle with how that went (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've got like even now, like my dad, like being a filmmaker, and then my dad's like a doctor and like a well, like well loved doctor, and I'm just like, I'm still like just I'm 30 and just trying to like crack in still, and I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. there's all like I've definitely got that in my mind a lot of 
Oedipus stuff going on, Freudian, Oedipal, all, all of that jazz, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm sure. sure. <laughs> well, piggybacking off of uh, Justin's question, were like how involved were the actors like with the actual like process of mm-hmm. crafting that scene in the bar? Because there's there's such great chemistry between the two of them, even though you know it's the it's the chemistry of like two strangers. It's still like like you mm-hmm. you just I, you can't take your eyes off of either of them. They're both just like. They're so in the moment. Um, and so I was just wondering if like, there were any kind of, I don't know, improvs that you did, if you let them have a little leeway with the lines to get more comfortable with that kind of dynamic uh, of these two mm-hmm. people meeting. And you know, one of them has insight that the other one doesn't about that relationship. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Like, uh, I was going into it. I was like, I'm so ready to change a lot of this. Um, and so I, I always think like actors know, like, even like at Columbia, I was always like volunteering, like, oh, you need an actor for your exercise. I'll do it. I, I love the acting side of things and you do get such mm-hmm. perspective on it. So I was always like, okay, these actors are probably going to like enhance this one. They were amazing and they were awesome guys yeah. to work with. Um, but like, I was always going to be like, if these guys got better lines, then let's, let's add that in. Mm-hmm. Um, but just weirdly, like they kind of just resonated with it a lot. And like, we did go, I remember like we sat at like, kitchen table at home for like three hours and just went through the script like we did it a few times through Mm. and we still had time and i was like let's just like really talk about each line and like we adjusted stuff Mm. here and there but like i was surprised and like kind of flattered that we kept a lot of the stuff and um i also thought like having thank god for columbia making me realize rewrites is writing um but like (laughs) yeah like just I did it. I passed, did so many passes of this script that once I realized sometimes you start pulling out certain threads and then you're like, wait, it starts to like, they, they'd figure it out. They'd like, they, they, it would all fall to bits. This like yeah. front he's putting on if certain things are said. So mm. I kind of, we was locked into some lines mm. for sure, but That's just, they just cool. like just the rhythm and getting like, I don't know. They were the first two guys to audition. We, like we had the, um, them send in self tapes. And then like when we had like, paired up auditions to like see for like compatibility. Like they were the first people um, wow. I saw and they were just, I was almost like, was that like some like bias? Cause it was the first thing and I was apprehensive or like, was that just like way better? Like, not, <laughs> like everyone was awesome that came in, but like those guys like really stood out and it was yeah. like, yeah, it was perfect. The, the guy who plays the dad is like oh, the perfect kind of like, dude who would just be like at the bar yeah. on like a random like weeknight you know like yeah. pouring out his soul for some random like kid who he comes across he was so well cast yeah he's a gem i love that guy rob well i i had a question you know i've i've read um i've read at least two of your scripts in addition to this one but i i've never really known you as a, a director and you're really great at it and i was just wondering on you know your your film has such an interesting visual style not just in general, yeah. but also in terms in in terms of the festival, you know That's what I mean. A long like, lens no other film that handheld. Oh yeah, no 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 other no other film we're playing looks like your film, and I was just wondering if there was any visual influences that you had. Um, I yeah I like I I'm just I watch so much stuff so broadly, and I have a very wide taste of like if you I listed my like favorite films that came to my mind, there would be no connection. <laughs> but because of that, like I, um, when I have a certain project in mind, I'm like, I'm like, let's narrow, let's cut, like, like cut out some of this and like narrow it down. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a legend. I think he's straight away from where, like the stuff I really loved, but, uh, like the early Nicholas winning reference films, like the push. Okay, cool. yeah. 
which is like yeah. a violent crime trilogy. But I was just like, there's something, especially the second pusher film with Maz Mikkelsen, like trying to connect with his dad. And like, I actually lived in um, Denmark for a couple of years and the way they made such a beautiful city like Copenhagen to be like the grimiest yeah. like place in Europe. I was like, cause like, that's like Frio scoundrel and like, in fucking pusher man. He's, he's like the grossest dude alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I, um, I rewatched it when I was back in Australia to like, as like a, just to like get, in, get back into that. And like, I was like, Oh, with my, with my family, they can watch it too. And I was like cringing so much multiple mm. times in that film. Cause I was like, I forget how gnarly yeah, this yeah. gets and how, much of a piece of shit as Mickelson's character is. Um, but yeah, that's visually like, um, I don't know, maybe it's because some of the first film stuff education I ever got was like, we were told to like balance light so perfectly and like, like you can do all that stuff in post as long as it looks perfect to begin with. Like that's, that's what you're going yeah. for. And I was like, no film I watch that I like looks like that. Like I, mm. and I don't, I, DaVinci Resolve is the most intimidating, intimidating, like, um, most intimidating like program for me. Mm, okay. Um, so I just kind of like baking that in a bit more. And I was like, um, okay, Perth is bright during the day. It's, we start during the day outside of the driving scene. That means at nighttime we got bright blues at nighttime. It suddenly has to be like these dingy, like orange interiors, but then like what colors are barn often like this kind of off colored, like weird cyan blue. I was like, let's just play. I don't know. I was, it was fun yeah. landing on that. And my DP, he's, um, my brother's best friend from year one so i've known oh, cool. him for like cool 26 years <laughs> and so we just like would go to this pub have a couple of beers and just talk and like discuss and i like have full trust in him so i was like yeah push it to let's roll with that and he was like all right let me see what i can do and mm. we um yeah so if That's so awesome. if you were to pair this with a movie or in this case a series of movies do you think pusher would be at the forefront i don't know they're pretty like there's a lot of <laughs> reprehensible people in that, yeah. but in each one, like, there's, like, the first one is, like, well, that one's just, like, cut in chaos, and it's, like, the, the whole bottle, like, we have one week and we have to make, find this money. But the second one's about a father and son. The third one is about, like, an older dad who's trying to do best for his daughter, and then his daughter, like, is completely, like, screwing him over professionally, and he just, like, cracks. Yeah. And it's just, a, like, at the core of them, they're just, like, about, yeah, two out of three they're about parental relationships and so i guess it's it's <laughs> very different in many ways as well and i'm definitely not as hardcore as that but um, as nicholas winding reference yeah. <laughs> but so but so well if you were if like you had a if you were at the metrograph right and they were like well we're programming your movie what do you want to be programmed with it would it be the pusher movies that or the darden brothers film um the, I always forget confusing. I think it's the boy. They also have the son, but whichever one is the one about the guy who is, he like hires a um, young man as like a, an apprentice at his like carpentry workshop. And the guy obviously knows who this kid is and the kid doesn't know. Well, Will, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for coming on. If you're interested in seeing Esperance to Fremantle, please go to Block F on Sunday, May 14th at 3 p.m. Um, Will will be there. He will sign your beer bottle. Um, He'll sign your shirt. He'll sign your milk jugs if you're a father who's coming back uh, after 20 years away. Um, Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for your Thanks for joining us, buddy. Cheers. Thank you. And uh, good luck with the rest of them. Thanks so much, guys. 
This concludes the first entry in our Columbia University Film Festival series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy what you heard. And there are more of these on our feed, so please check them out and give these filmmakers the attention they deserve. Also, feel free to peruse our mainline episodes. There's always something to see inside the morgue. Rate and review the show wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. Till next time.